Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the Invested Entrepreneur. Brandon Love here with Tom Moffitt, and we have two very special guests today coming from Kelowna, Matt Glenn and Taylor Atkinson. They are two buddies who host a podcast out in Kelowna, some real beauties. I've snowboarded with Taylor before, had beers with him a bunch of times. He's a good guy. He's in the mortgage space, and Matt's a realtor. So today we're going to just bob and weave a little bit through podcasting, investing, and some other stuff that's been on our radar lately. So thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Man, I'm taking notes. You crushed that intro. Like, (laughs) I need to do that. (laughs) Taylor, big week for you. You just welcomed a new baby into your orbit. So thank you for joining us. I'm sure you're a little sleep deprived, so we'll forgive you if you stutter. And Matt, if you stutter, we're just going to assume you've been drinking, which is allowed on this podcast. We do support it. That's, That's totally okay here. So how did the two of you pair up? Were you buddies before or did real estate kind of bring you together? Yeah, real estate brought us together. I think Matt originally started speaking to my wife who was looking for a brokerage and Matt was at Century 21. So they kind of teed up and then a couple dinners, you bought us wine in, came up with the idea, kind of, hey, let's play around with this. And then on the golf course, a couple holes in, a couple lost balls, we solidified it and thought we'd give it a shot. So. Yeah, our goal was to, when we started, we wanted to do for a full year. So we started in January of 23 and we did the full year. So now we're kind of into our second year and it's been awesome. It's gotten bigger than we thought and been way more fun. Well, we knew it was going to be fun, but it's been a great year. Right, Taylor? It's been awesome. Yeah, a lot of learning, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like every time I turn on these mics is a battle. Yeah, it's been a great year. Can't wait for a year. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's usually how podcasts start is two buddies kind of get together, have a couple drinks and thinks it's a good idea to start one. But then usually that even the 10th episode hits, but you guys are, I think you're hitting your fifth uh, mistake and that's coming up soon, correct? Yeah, we are recording our 50th tomorrow. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, I mean, you guys have two podcasts going, you've double dipped. You're really good. Yeah. We doubled down on it. We have commission breath that's for the mortgage space more so. And then we were like, okay, we wanted to have something to wood chip for content for our social media and YouTube and whatnot. So we started with FI Talk, which then evolved into the Invested Entrepreneur. And we just love learning from other people and picking up stories. And every time we have a guest on, we're like, oh, fuck, that's really cool. We should yeah. do that. Just snowball effect. You know, podcasting is kind of an addictive thing. You think it would suck and like it would be awful to do every week but i find it's like very fun to jump on here and just shoot the shit and you learn a lot along the way and you meet people like it's an excuse to meet like wicked people yeah i would probably never talk to you guys if it wasn't for this podcast right so like 100 just like all of our guests are like that it's wicked you get to meet all these people and it's awesome yeah it opens up the door for opportunity i mean like because you interview someone and then they know someone and it's just this big interweb that you just make all of these connections and yeah. you're learning along the way, you're getting better at communicating, like there's so many pros to it. So for context, for listeners, they're probably like, what is our podcast? I want to know. It's the Cloner Real Estate Podcast and you guys yeah. are focused on mainly real estate investing, but you guys do touch on other aspects as well. And are you specific on Kelowna region itself or like do you expand elsewhere from that in terms of real estate investing i mean it's mostly Kelowna, but we have gone into alberta we've had some guests from there we've had a couple guests from ontario so we do talk about i mean canada in general you know real estate is obviously kind of a hot topic but Kelowna has its own little bubble a lot of the local guests are like city planners lawyers financial advisors real estate agents so people that are kind of in the know in the market 
so it's fun to see kind of who's molding and shaping the city around us. And we get to kind of get the inside scoop on that first. And it nice. is Kelowna, but it is like the Okanagan too. So yeah. Nice. And Kelowna feels like the LA of Canada. I feel like everything in Kelowna is super nice and the people are very beautiful. And like everything's- yeah. Thank you. Know, Thanks for noticing. The pump your tires a bit in the first five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome place to be honest. Like we're pretty lucky. We talk about this a lot in the show is how lucky we are to live and work in Kelowna. Like it's- yeah. Well, you guys yeah. have been out here a couple of times, but you've been out in the winter, right? I went out yeah. in the summer as a kid, but mainly in the winter- since yeah. I was only there for the five days last January, I think, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. it's five days in January and like the weather was like rainy for the five days. So our next trip, I'm for sure going in the summer because I've only heard good things. And even yeah. on the clear days when we were there, like just the surroundings of the town is just super cool. Like I loved it. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing I like about Kelowna and this resonates a lot with your guys' podcast is there's a lot of entrepreneurial type people here whether that's just inherently because we're all lazy and we want to lay by the lake and, and super wine. good looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there are just people that are small business orientated. People are trying to kind of have a good work-life balance. So there are a lot of investors and entrepreneurs here and yeah, that really jives with Matt and I's personalities. Yeah. I've noticed that too. And you guys weren't always entrepreneurs, right? You guys came from similar backgrounds to us where we were both employees. You guys were employees at one point too. Yeah. So I would imagine Kelowna had some sort of effect on you guys really expanding in the idea of going on your own and being an entrepreneur. Well, maybe I'm speaking for both of us, but I think Matt and I, like we were both working out of town with our yeah. old jobs. Yeah. So it was actually like we had to become more entrepreneurial to stay here back in Kelowna. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, maybe that's why people do it. Uh, there is yeah. a lot of people in Kelowna and, and the Okanagan that live here, but like they work up in the oil patch or they work northern bc or something so there is a lot of people that work on the road but yeah taylor and i were one of them so yeah we had to <laughs> start our businesses to stay so yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome i like having like the business against the wall to force you to stay somewhere often is a good yeah. motivator and taylor i know you have a pretty cool story because when we linked up and we were in big white you came out for a few beers with my buddies and they were like, that guy's so fucking cool working on helicopters, <laughs> traveling to all these countries. I'm like, yeah, I know. It makes me seem like a big dweeb now. So like, farmer. how did you, <laughs> yeah, we're with a farmer. This guy's got like repairing a helicopter, God knows where. It's like, how did you transition from that life to investing in real estate? Like what was the journey there? Yeah. I'll try and summarize it pretty quick. Started out working on helicopters in Canada. A lot of the guys, did kind of the same job where you're out of town for like six weeks on six weeks off kind of thing. And buying real estate was a way to kind of generate some passive income. So I started to do that lived overseas for almost 15 years, doing the month on month off or six on six off, and I would just travel the world. And during that time, I didn't have like a lot of expenses. So the money I accumulated, I just kept buying real estate and more and more and more and more. So then when I came back, it was kind of an easier transition to get into the role professionally. And I saw the benefits of essentially running your own business in terms of like a hold to co real estate style. So yeah, that's how I kind of transitioned fully into it. I just saw the power and the wealth that it could build. It was life-changing. You that's knew awesome. that you were going to be in, like, you knew you were investing in real estate from pretty young age, like way younger than me, which is actually kind of awesome. I wish I was like that. Yeah, I think I just didn't know 
that I shouldn't have been doing it. You know, like you're just so naive that like I shouldn't be buying some of these places. And this was a while ago before, like now it's a little bit more difficult to, you know, qualify for mortgages and, and do these type of transactions. Just listen to a few podcasts and read a few books and yeah, I thought if somebody else could do it, then why can't I? So that was kind of my mindset with a lot of things is, you know, we're all essentially cut from the same cloth. Yeah. If somebody can do something, I have the same ability. I just need to apply myself a little bit. 100%. And it's interesting, you actually took like an FI strategy, which is geographical arbitrage, where most people move away to a different country. So their dollar goes further. You actually lived in a different country and then reinvested your dollar in your original country. So it's kind of a weird way you did it, but it worked and you accumulated quite a few doors, right? Like, Yeah, we just got our 75th. I say we, my wife and I. Wild. Yes. And now properties at Big White, the 75th one. So yeah, pretty decent portfolio spread out throughout BC, mostly residential, but there's some commercial properties as well. So you must have some systems set up in place to manage these properties because I could only imagine I've got four doors and some days I'm like, man, I don't want to add any more to my portfolio because I'm so busy (laughs) in my business itself. Like I can't imagine what was 72? 75. God, now you're going to make me seem like an amateur. I've got no systems. (laughs) I have... I have four really good property managers who I love. And then everything else is just kind of up in my head. And maybe you raise a really good point. I need some systems because... Yeah, nobody wants to be inside my head. You probably have them, but they're inside your head. So it's just a matter of putting them down on paper, but kind of hit the nail on the head. Like you've leveraged other people to help you with the property management. And without that, I would imagine you probably wouldn't be able to do any of that, right? Because some of it's probably not in your backyard, it's probably spread out through out West, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the things I circle back a little bit is somebody's listening to this, this should speak to you that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Like if I have no systems, you know, there's some Excel spreadsheets and some property managers, and then you just work with a good team, right? Real estate agents, Matt, mortgage brokers, you guys, accountants is huge one, especially if you want to be a good entrepreneur, like spend the money on an accountant. Don't just try and save like a thousand bucks by using somebody that isn't invested in helping you. Yeah, for sure. We always say that on the show that like having that accountant and having that team in place makes all the world a difference. And part of me is thinking you don't have a system, but maybe your wife has one that's working (laughs) for you. (laughs) That or Matt, I've got the system. I'm the systems guy here. (laughs) I am not the systems guy, but you're not, no. No, <laughs> wake up every day is a grind. Yeah, exactly. Just wake up and figure out how to solve the problems of the day. Like Taylor and I work on systems also. Wake up, yeah. And hustle mode is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah. like systems are fantastic, but you also have to be dynamic with them, right? Like they're kind of ever changing. Yeah. I was just going to say the fact that you kind of just dove into it, you did it. That's a big problem in the real estate investing space, in my opinion, is you have that analysis paralysis and they're investing so much time in trying to make the decision on like what the perfect investment is. I'm not saying jump in and don't do any like analyzing of the property itself, but you just kind of went in both feet, didn't really try to figure out the perfect system. You just did it. Whereas I think a lot of people, even when they're buying their first rental property, that's the issue they have is that analysis paralysis. So yeah, like not to downplay it and say I have, I don't really have any systems, but I have guidelines on what willing to invest in. So super detailed spreadsheet. Fundamentally, does this investment make sense? Where are the exit strategies, pros and cons and nothing in, I shouldn't say nothing, but most real estate is not a home run, right? It's very 
boring investing, yeah. but it's long-term generational type wealth. So yeah, analyze deals meticulously, just like, you know, reviewing and underwriting for mortgages. But then once I buy it, I have a fairly abundant style mindset where I'm not hung up on the interest rate. I'm not hung up on closing costs, like to close on big white, full transparency, you know, like it was a commercial lender that we used because I wanted to do it in my hold co. And it was like a lease on top of a lease. So you were buying into a corp that owned this fourplex. It was a super complex structure, but I had to pay for both legal fees and we had to close very quickly. The lender's legal fees were 6,500 bucks. You know, like I could have purchased that residentially and then on top of my legal fees. So the legal fees for that transaction were like near $10,000, but you could close on that residentially and pay a couple thousand. You just need to look at it big picture and go, okay, the income matches what I need to. It's a good return investment. Yeah, there are going to be some initial expenses and the interest rate is a little bit higher, but it's offset by different tax efficiencies and strategies. So yeah, analyze it and then pull the trigger and have confidence in your decision. And then, you know, look at it a couple of years down the road and reassess and, you know, will work out long-term. Yeah. Time in the game, that $10,000 is going to feel like a drop in a bucket. But at the time you're like, oh, okay, this is a little bit scary. But knowing your team and having your account be like, hey, this is why it's the right move three years down the road, five years down the road, and so on and so forth, really does have that compounding impact. And Matt, are you finding a lot of these deals for Taylor? Like, what's your role there? Because Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, but your wife is pretty active in the real estate space as well. So do you kind of go and deal with Matt and deal with your wife or... How does that work? Before Emily was an agent, I helped them. Yeah. Emily's an agent, so she does yeah. all of the, yeah. Still you're buying, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Almost talking again. Yeah, yeah. no gift for the newborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, Taylor does a lot of his own stuff too. So yeah, Emily's obviously doing a lot of the transactions for us now. It just makes sense. You work with some commercial real estate agents as well. But yeah, you just need people to bounce ideas off of too. Like Matt and I, obviously we talk every week. It doesn't mean like we're doing hundred percent of our business together, but it's just good to, you know, have a sounding board that's unbiased. Matt's not afraid to tell me when I'm an idiot, which is frequent. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, you that's that. so important. You need that. Like, yeah, Tom calls me an idiot almost every day. I tell him he has a stupid haircut. It just goes back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love each other. Yes. Yeah. I ask yeah. you that with confidence, man. Come on. Now it's being recorded here. <laughs> it is honestly good to talk to Taylor all the time. Like, obviously, super inspiring guy that's like got a lot going on loves tax for some reason so like if you talk to somebody like that it rubs off on a person yeah it's awesome both ways you guys are super into the morning routines right now right because taylor we're chatting a bit before this and you're mentioning matt you've got like a dialed in system for your morning routine i think Uh, dialing dialing is not dialed yet but we're getting there it's always a process right taylor and i just talked about this the other day but i used to be like in the morning get up work out i don't know what time five maybe earlier got a gym at my house, work out all the time. And I had my son nine months ago and it just threw a wrench mm-hmm. into my morning routines. And it's honestly been kind of hard to get back on the train with this. So Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, read that book. I read it a long time ago and reading it again. Honestly, it's already helped like so much my mornings, just kind of getting my physically back in shape, but also like my mental game on point and just ready for the day. And it's been a great start to the year. Yeah, but I'm definitely so- still tweaking. I haven't read the book myself, but I imagine it's obviously going through like a whole outline of how to structure your morning. So what's been like the biggest change that you've made since last year that's really 
made that impact on your mornings now? Well, so Miracle Morning, he talks about the savers and the savers are, the acronym is S is for silence, which is meditation. So I've been doing that every day, which has been awesome. A is for affirmations. Not that great at that yet, but working on it. Affirmations are a little new to me, but uh, working on it. And then the V is visualization. So you kind of visualize what you want to be doing. And then uh, E is exercise. R is reading. So I've been reading books. I have lots of books in my shelf that I like to read and reread. And then S is scribing or like journaling. So you take those six things and you spend however much time you want on each of them hold your own morning and get after it. So it's yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. We actually talk about this quite a bit too, because recently I've been restructuring my morning as well. Like I was in the same boat where I just had a kid 11 months ago. So pretty similar to you and wow, my sleep was nice, kind of going out the window. Yeah. yeah nice, man. It's obviously like the best thing ever, but your sleep yeah. is just kind of, it's gone. Yeah, that's exactly kind of well put. That routine. Yeah. 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 So you kind of have to be flexible with it. And it sounds like you were, and I'm in the same boat. Like I used to work out in the morning, every single morning, it yeah. would really start my day. And I would do the meditations, like pretty much everything you just explained. And then I had to revert it this year because last year, what I was doing instead was instead of working out in the morning, I was pushing until the afternoon. And yeah. in the mornings, I was just doing all of my business building activities, which I don't regret doing it because it actually like really helped my business get to where yeah. it is now. But I miss those morning workouts, man. It really springs forward oh your day. And Me too. It just feels good. It does. It makes you feel good for the whole day. You know, like changes things. Definitely. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I was talking to my wife and like last year was a great year for us in every way, like financially, my business, our family, every way except for my health. As I just gained a bunch of weight because I'm not doing this. So now this year is get back on and get that in point and then uh, continue building the business. Yeah. Yeah. But it's seasons, right? Like I'm sure, I mean, you oh, tell yeah. me if I'm wrong, you don't regret it because you- Oh, not at all. I, I wouldn't change yeah. this for the world. Like I'm super grateful for what we have. Even like this things like this podcast that we Taylor and I have is like so grateful. I just wish I did this 15 years ago. Like, honestly, yeah, I wish I started this when I was 20 and not 35. Yeah, I like, feel like that's what every successful entrepreneur says that's passionate about something. Like, why didn't I start earlier? You know, for sure. Just well, <laughs> just even like this. So like when you go from working, like the reason why I'm an agent is because I got into real estate investing, right? So I got into real estate investing and realized how awesome it was. The reason why I want to be an agent is to help other people do this. So that's why I got into this and going for my last job where I was at a lineman, like a telephone lineman for 10 years, worked all over BC, all over Alberta. It was awesome. I don't regret it. I do regret it because I wasn't doing this, but it was a good time doing it. There is not even a chance in hell that I would be in the middle of a, what day is it today? Thursday? I'm in the middle of a Thursday recording an episode talking about my favorite topics. This would just never happen in my past life. And now it's like highlight of my week and one of my biggest business makers, right? It's, yeah. it's amazing. And I'm so grateful about this. And I just, I think about it all the time. And it's just amazing that this is my life now. Yeah, man, you're speaking my lingo, man, because that was literally what I was doing probably, I'd say six, seven years ago. I was yeah. the guy on the road. I was working construction. And I was flipping yeah. the sign. The sign oh, yeah, go, flagging. Oh, we're the yeah. flaggers. Yeah, yeah, and in the cold winter, like, yeah. that's what I always think about, too. When I have, like, busy, stressful days, I always look back to those moments. I'm like, man, I'd much rather be doing what I'm doing right now. Oh, my God. I just cannot, yeah, I cannot stress enough how awesome it is. And then you just help people all day long, right? That's all we do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. Well, not to say it's all, like, you know, kittens and rainbows, either, like, you know, I don't want to be the negative guy, but it is, like, you know, it's a grind <laughs> sometimes, and you oh, don't yeah. know what's moving the needle sometimes in terms of like yes. monetary value. So, 
you know, obviously all of us before work nine to five, you know exactly what you're getting or, you know, farming, like, you know, how much you're going to sell and where the income and mortgages are similar to that respect. Like, but doing things like this that generate lead, like you're providing a lot of value, you're giving up your most important asset, which is your time. And you don't know what the return is, you know? So I think you need to be passionate about what you're doing. And like, obviously Matt is, and you guys are, and I am, and that's why, you know, spending, I don't know, let's call it a few hundred hours over the last year on our podcast and money on our podcast, we don't know necessarily how much return on investment we're getting, but we're getting a ton of return on energy. Like oh, yeah. I finish a recording and I'm jacked up and like the yeah. next two hours, I smash out way more work than I would have if I saved that extra hour of the podcast recording. So I think you just need to believe in what you're doing. Exactly. Like I track everything, toggle track for everything in my business to try to find efficiencies. And like looking back over the year, the podcast, you're like, okay, the ROI isn't there when you try to look at it from that angle, but you're totally right. There's all the elements that you don't see and that, you know, over time it's going to compound and it's stacking ones that eventually will work out and bring something in. You just don't know when that point's going to come. Exactly. And like, this is an investment of time, but like not everything has to turn into a financial investment. Like there's also like mental health investment, like your personal investment. Like there's a lot of different ways that this is paying us back besides just with dollars, right? Like I go into my office or like walk around, meet other realtors and like almost every realtor I meet mentioned about the podcast and talk about some guests that we had on or like the, and it's like, it's pretty awesome. You know, like it's like, are they asking about me? Is that what they're asking? They're asking they always ask about me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How do you put up with that guy is normally what they talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They ask Emily the same thing. Why are you with him? <laughs> yeah. No, I'll give you yeah. the answer. We've got two kids now. She has to be with <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged sword when you think about it that way. They're like, unsuccessful entrepreneurs could just go, yeah, I'm moving the needle. You know, I work 12 hours today. I'm on my computer. I'm making cold yeah, calls. I'm social media. Like, Hey, I'm on Instagram for three hours a day, DMing people. And it's like, well, yeah, you can convince yourself of anything. It's a dangerous game to play, right? Like Brandon, you recording everything. I would love to be doing that. And I think the last couple of weeks, like since, you know, we had our kid a week ago, I was like, okay, this week, been up at 5am. Like I kind of do like the couple hour morning shift with the newborn and then wake up the toddler and go to daycare. But like in that two, three hour span in the morning, I'm like, I am only going to focus on things that I know are going to generate money. And then the rest of the day, you know, I can kind of answer emails and do whatever I need to do. And kind of took that page out of a guy we recently interviewed, Nick Kuzmich. And I saw a post of his and he was like, you know, I do an ice bath, work out in the morning, and then I do 90 minutes of like hyper-focused work. I don't answer my phone. I don't do emails. I'm just like working on, I know exactly what's moving the needle. And then the rest of the day is juggling kind of whatever I need to as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you have to be, like you said, efficient. You got to find out what's making money and what's not. And if you need that extra revenue, then focus on what's going to move the needle. And if you don't, then you can kind of grow, right? It's ebbs and flows. You have to grow your business with like lead gen, social media, adding value. But at some stage, you got to know how to turn on the faucet and how to make money. For sure. I find it really shines a light on when you're fucking off on something. So I'll put like prospecting. And typically I time block my one hour a day that I'm always prospecting, working the phones. But you know, sometimes you get a head cold or you're not feeling up to it. And that can start to have that domino effect. And then I'll look back on my week and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I really sacrificed my prospecting time. And I know that that's going to have a 90 day repercussion for me. And it just 
allows me to go back in the next week, double down, dial it in. Or end of last year, Tom and I were spending a ton of time on fulfillment and we didn't have a fulfillment person anymore. And we're like, hey, number one goal, start of the year, we're getting fulfillment back in. I don't care cost-wise, it just needs to get off our plate so that we can pour our energy into things that actually grow our business. The mental side effect of that this week man has been awesome like just knowing that okay i have that part of the process taken care of right now and i can focus more of my efforts towards building the business which is what you referenced taylor like that's key you got to have that morning at least your 60 minutes 90 minutes whatever it is you got to have that slot open every single morning from monday to friday get that in there and then if you do nothing else the rest of the day at least you got that in you know every monday morning for realtors and i that meet and we kind of go over and we bounce ideas off each other. It's a prospecting meeting. Like what have we done to prospect and build our businesses in the last week? And one of the agents that like, every time I asked him, like, what'd you do last week? He's like, well, I organized my calendar and I got everything really organized. And then after the break, just like last week we meet like, Hey, so what'd you get up to? He's like, oh, I organized my calendar. I'm like, man, you must have the most organized possible calendar. Like <laughs> at what point does having an organized calendar turn into money for you? Right. Like where does the return on investment start here by having your organized calendar? You know, like it's kind of uh, you got to think about things like that. Like how it, many it's kind of like a to-do list, right? You can get lost in oh, I'm I'm being really efficient because I have all these to-do lists, but your inbox is never gonna be empty, right? You're always yeah. going to have things to do and you're just gonna make little work projects. But to circle back about you guys hiring fulfillment, I have to read a quote from Brandon Turner, bigger pockets guy so about successful entrepreneurs and investors he goes they take asymmetric bets what's that it's a risk where the potential upside is far greater than the downside like success might be 100x gain but the risk might be 50 50 to a 5x loss his example and this is exactly what you guys are talking about fulfillment it's hiring an assistant might be a fifty thousand dollar risk but the upside could be a million or more Buying a rental might make you over $200,000 over a decade, but having a bad deal and having to lose and sell that could cost you $20,000. Want to be successful, make asymmetric bets. So that's the whole point is like, as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out, okay, time and money, where's the upside? If it's just a 50-50 split and you're like, I'm going to hire fulfillment, it's going to cost me a hundred grand and it's going to allow me to then go make a hundred grand. It's not really going to benefit you at all. So I think that's what I need to like continue to focus on. Is there a substantial upside with time, money, anything? And if it's just a 50-50, like there is no upside, you got to learn how to cut it. The way I look at that too, is even if you make that mistake and it costs you whatever X amount, 50K, whatever it is, you can look at it from like the upside of it of you learning along the way too. So it's kind of like you're paying for that education. And we've been burned many times. Like I'm sure all four of us can rhyme off two or three times in our life of being an entrepreneur where we've been burned and lost money. Like one of our recent episodes, I think it was on the Commission Brad podcast. We mentioned we lost probably like 100K from our last business just in opportunity cost and actual costs. We learned along the way. And then it led us to these two podcasts that we're running, which we love doing it. And we know it's going to 10x our business in the future too. So yeah, that's very well said. For sure. And I think within your business, you have to look for ways to fire yourself first off for time. And I use that as a frame for getting back time for my family and also focusing on more income generating activities where I know I can get that $200,000, $500,000 an hour kind of income coming in. But I also use that for a frame for 
when you go back to your buddy organizing his calendar all the time, I would ask myself, if I was an employee, would I want to promote myself or would I want to fire myself? And if I had a day where I'm like, you know what, I would fucking fire you, then that shines a light up to me that I'm doing the wrong thing that day. And it's a really raw frame to look at because you know that if you were paying someone, you know, the mortgage industry, 200000 plus per year or whatever, to sit in that chair and do what you're doing, and you feel like you would fire that person, then you need to give your head a shake and see what you should actually be focusing on. That's very well said. I mean, unfortunately, I think I would fire myself more often than not, but I'm a pretty tough boss, I think. But yeah, that is really well said. Like, I haven't thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Take it into next week and you'll cut so much from your life. Totally. You have to be more, a little bit more harsh with your time, I think. 100%. I'm curious. So what are like some of the daily activities that you're doing in your business to drive those leads in? Like, are you doing door knocking? Is it social? Like, obviously, you have the podcast, but outside of that, like, what are your daily activities that you're doing to drive that business in? Honestly, so when I started my career, I did a lot of door knocking and it was super successful for me. Honestly, it was yeah, awesome. yeah, okay. like it was very successful for me. But uh, now that I've gotten way busier and like my career is at a new level, the biggest return on investment is talking to as many people as I can, making phone calls, staying in touch, attending events, having events. I just find those things the biggest money makers for me, rather than just trying to like dig out new clients from nothing is to lean on your sphere and repeat business and then referral business. Like that realization, it takes a while. Like a new agent can't just come in and rely on their sphere because nobody's trusts you. You have to kind of build your reputation. But like once you get to that point, like staying in touch and making the phone calls is by far the most important thing. Sorry, I want to say something. That sounds terrifying to me. I know it works for you because like you've been winning multiple awards, but you just won like one of the leading top performers Century 21 award this year. But to just like call people and text people and go out for coffee and like, how do you quantify? I mean, obviously you quantify it with an award and your gross commission at the end of the year. So it works. Yeah. But like, how do you know which appointments to cut out and which ones to focus on. Cause I hate just going out for random coffees and <laughs> that's why I'm not a real estate agent. <laughs> I was going to say like, that's because if I go door knocking, like it's way less of a chance that person's going to want to buy a house, know someone that is right. So like if I lean on the people, like everyone knows other people, right? So if you start building a reputation with your sphere and then they introduce you and then you kind of get onto their sphere and add them in. Like every person you add to your sphere has five or 10 more people to your touch, right? So like every time I go for a coffee is not another sale for me, obviously. But like sometimes I go for a coffee and ends up with like four sales, right? Like it's a numbers game. Because real estate is funny. Like I don't pick when somebody buys a house. I don't pick when someone sells a house. I don't pick with the closing dates. I don't pick the home inspections. Like there's a lot I don't have a control over. All I have a control over is what I put in the funnel and how I feed my database and my business, right? So like I can only control what I can control. And like you start out at the bottom of the pyramid and then by the top is what you get, right? So then you can't control that. So all I can do is do what I can and the stuff I can do, talk to as many people as I can. Like I am active on social media, but it's more of just like a, yes, I'm still in the game kind of thing. This podcast is awesome. Really building like the way I'm perceived in the community. Like obviously I'm talking to everyone that means anything in Kelowna real estate every week. So it's like, obviously that means something. So all these things, they just add up. Every deal you do, you have to make sure that it leaves a good impression on the people and they tell you about the next people. You know, so like there's a lot going on, but it's It's the only thing you control outputs, especially in both of our industries where 
we don't have recurring income, like revenue. It's you okay. got a deal coming in maybe once the same client. If you're doing a good job for your client and they're coming back, awesome. But it might not happen for three or four years or even longer. So we yeah. got to get out there and fish for the next one. So the only thing you control is those outputs. And it sounds like yeah. you're doing, well, I don't know if you're doing the door knocking anymore, but that's what you did do before yeah. you were busy. Now you're doing the phone calls. Now you're doing the texts, the coffee appointments. So yeah, that's what we do too. Like it's just all about the outputs versus like trying to really just control what comes into our world. We can't really go off of the metrics of like how many leads are coming in this week versus the next. 100%. Yeah. I think in the beginning, you're going 100% hunting. And then, oh, yeah, you there, need your grind. Yeah. And then you realize, yeah. okay, I, I can harvest. And then eventually you realize, fuck, I don't need to kill anything. Let's just catch a couple of cows, keep them in there, and eat the babies. <laughs> and, <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> We're going dark, man. <laughs> I'll transition out of that one. Matt, tell me one of your door knocking scripts because I actually tried to door knock for mortgages when I first got my license and it was yeah. a fucking nightmare. I got one lead out of it, but it was really hard. Yeah, so I don't really sell a house to somebody, right? People are going to like posts whether they like it or not. If somebody doesn't like a house, I am not going to try and convince them to like that house. What I am doing is trying to get the people to like me, to sell myself to them so that whenever house they buy, I'm going to help them buy it, right? Like, so this is funny. So we had a new agent. I was super successful at door knocking. So we had a new agent come in to our brokerage. He said, hey, Matt, I heard you're super successful at door knocking. I've been door knocking for months. Like he door knocked on thousands of doors. He had not had a single lead. He's like, can I come out with you? I'm like, sure. So we're walking up to the first door and he's, I'm going to take the lead on this one. Let me go. I'm like, sure. Goes up, knocks on the door. Lady answers. He says, hi, his name was Matt too. He's like, hi, I'm Matt. Are you thinking of buying or selling in the next 30 to 60 days? And the lady's like, <laughs> no. And I looked oh, at him like, what the fuck? That's what you've been saying to thousands of houses. I'm like, Matt, how about, how are you? How's it going? Yeah. You know, like yeah. Jesus. I'm like, hey, so we go to the next door. I'm like, here, we're going to do this. So we knock on the door. How are you? I take the lead. We get that listing. We go to the next door. We get that listing. We go to the next door. We get that listing. So we got three listings in a row. This guy had knocked on thousands of doors, not a single lead. I do the first three ones we do with him. We got three listings. Obviously, there's a major amount of luck in that story. But like, also, if he would have started with that, he would have got three doors slammed in his face, right? So like, I think scripts are good for like a reference when you're talking to somebody or like how to like combat a certain point. If you know the script or what to say for this or when a client says something like this, you know how to answer it. But to stick to a script, like I just do not think that works that well. Unless you're really good at it and it doesn't sound like a script, which I'm not. So... Yeah, I just think being personable and making them like you is the biggest deal. I get door knocked a lot in my neighborhood. And oh, yeah. um, a lot of the times it's by realtors that I've spoken with or we've worked with or like, you know, like I know them through the community and they're so either fucking terrified or so in their <laughs> script zone. They're like, hey, I'm just in the area for my listing and here are the yeah. comparable. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, how did your deal here around that? Like, what? Oh, I know. I didn't even look at your face long enough to... <laughs> Put two and two together. Yeah. yeah. You can massively tell the difference. I mean, maybe someone's really good at scripting, but you can tell the difference just when someone genuinely wants to add value. Like that's it. Like I get a text from a real estate agent, won't name names. It's not Matt, but like he'll follow up every six, seven weeks. You know exactly what he's trying to do. He it is massively selfish. There is no genuine relationship. There's no value add. Never calls you up to like 
say, Hey, I think you'd be interested in this. I mean, that's very transparent, but there are people that, you know, try a little bit, but if you honestly want to be just genuine, add value and be authentic to yourself, like whatever you're interested in, you know, align with the right people, you're going to get the conversion you want to get. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want that commission breath. And that's where it comes no. down to like, people can tell, man, if you've got that under your breath, and it's like, I just want sales. I want money. It's, they're so direct with like, Oh, do you need to buy or sell in the next two weeks? Like, no, man, like, what are you reaching out to me for? Like, let's have a conversation first. Christmas Eve, why are you knocking? <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool guys. Well, you know what? It sounds like the two of you are super passionate about real estate. You can just see it from the yeah. energy that comes off of you. And we had a lot of fun today learning a little bit about what drives your businesses, what motivates you from a passion perspective, and kind of where your careers are taking you. And I think from our angle where we are in Ontario and watching you guys out west, it's been a lot of fun watching your podcast grow and thrive and just kind of seeing you hit all those mile markers. And we're super proud to know you guys and to be in the same podcast community. So thanks so much for jumping on with us today. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah, that's been awesome. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having us on, guys. And yeah, likewise, it's awesome. Love your shows. Grow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Love your recent guests. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to, you're all strong. Yep. A couple of good looking beauties <laughs> from Cologne, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>